How good is Arizona defensively, and what kind of outing is Utah in for offensively? Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Leave a rating and review if you're listening in podcast format. Love interacting with you guys in the comments on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can be like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply that's locked on college all caps no spaces my name is jt wister so former intern inside the University of utah athletic department and on today's show we're going to be breaking down the arizona defense talking about what they do then looking at how utah offensively will try to attack this arizona defense and discuss which utah utes i think could be in for a big outing down in tucson and want to close with a little bit of utah women's basketball and men's basketball talk because utah women's basketball actually got an early season loss, something we were not expecting out of them. So thought we could talk about that a little bit, but no reason to panic about them either. So we'll talk about that at the end. But first, I want to talk about this Arizona defense, how good I feel they are. And, you know, the first thing when talking about Arizona defensively is if you pull up the Pac-12 defensive statistics, it lists the, the best defense in the conference in terms of yards given up per game. The top three are UCLA, Utah, and Oregon. And those teams are separated by UCLA is at 289 yards, Utah just behind them at 10 at, by 10 because 299 yards for Utah, then Oregon at 309. So all of those teams kind of close within that 30 yard kind of range like that, but just barely under 310 like that. I feel like those are the three best defenses in the Pac-12. I think they belong in that tier. Then if we look in the next tier, that's where you get Oregon State, Arizona and Arizona State. And I feel like that's really, really fitting, the kind of the tiers that these defenses fit into. I do feel like the three best and belong in their own tier, UCLA, Utah, Oregon, Oregon, then Oregon State, Arizona, and Arizona State. I think this Arizona defense is good. They've done some nice things on the season. You know, had the big win against Oregon State, in which they limited the Beavers to just 24 points offensively. Also shut out Oregon State in the third quarter. Only allowed two touchdowns in the fourth, but holding a team as high caliber as Oregon State to only 10 points through three quarters is pretty impressive. So when you're talking about this Arizona defense, they do have a couple of noteworthy playmakers I think that we should be looking at and talking about. And I think the first one of those guys that I would look to right away is Jacob Manu. He's the linebacker, 84 tackles on the season, five and a half sacks overall, also deflected a pass, but leads the team in total tackles, also in solo tackles, 48 total tackles. It's by far the most on the team too. He's the main playmaker. Also another guy that's done a good job for them this season is Taylor Upshaw, seven and a half sacks for him. He's a guy look to get some interior pressure in there too. And they have a couple other defensive linemen, whether it's Davis, the second, we're talking about Stewart as well up front, or excuse me, Isaiah Ward up front. Those are guys you can get pressure to as well. So they got some solid defensive linemen. I think secondary wise, I think they're good, not great. This is a secondary that only has two interceptions on the season. And 
you know, like I said, they're solid, not outstanding in that regard. So, yeah, this is a team in Arizona that deserves to be ranked inside the top 20 as they've earned their ranking in. And their defense has done some good things on the season, too. If we're looking at, I mentioned the Oregon State game, you know, they got beat gashed a little bit by Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders for more than likely will be the first overall quarterback and the first overall pick in the 2025 NFL draft because I do expect him to stay back for another year. But when you're looking at this Wildcats defense, they held teams like Washington, only 31 points. That's a win. We saw Utah wasn't able to do that. Then you're looking at other games to the Washington State game, only holding them to six points. UCLA, they only held them to 10, which is impressive. And that's a Bruins offense that, yes, Utah only held them to seven. But... So still better by Utah, but still impressive to do that there too. And as I mentioned, they got gassed by Shador a little bit, but that's more than anything I was. Well, I came away impressed by Shador than I did going, oh man, the Arizona defense isn't good. Now, there are advantages and matchups that I do feel like Utah can exploit here. They have a couple players with some sacks, as I highlighted. I don't feel like there's no Jonah, Jonah Ellis. And I'm not just saying that as in like, you know, Jonah Ellis leading the obviously power five in sacks. Like there's very few Jonah Ellis's out there, right? Well, this is a different caliber, though, just in general, I'd say. I don't think they are they have an elite pass rusher overall. I think they have some good pass rushers, but especially watching the Colorado game, you just don't see a lot of guys stand out from a pass rush standpoint that were really able to get back there consistently enough and affect Shador. And Shador did a good job navigating the pocket. One thing Shador does a good job of, too, is did a good job of deciding when it was time to tuck in and run. That's something Bryson does a very good job. And it doesn't take a lot for Bryson to tuck in and run either. So I do think that's an area where Utah could potentially be exploiting. Now, the difference is, when you play Colorado, you're more concerned about their passing attacks. So you're more likely to have more guys back in the secondary, you know, drop eight in that ring, drop seven, drop numerous guys like that versus against Utah. You're probably not going to do that as much. And you'll probably have someone aware of and spying Bryson because you know what a threat he can be with his legs. So that is something I think we'll keep an eye on here to see how does Arizona defensively game plan for Utah. But this is a matchup too, where Arizona in the front seven, I think they're good there. I, I do expect Utah to have some success running the ball, though, too. Oregon State ran for 131 yards on them. Colorado, look, it's not the greatest rushing attack in the world, obviously, but they still had a couple of plays on the ground, and a lot of those being Shador with his legs. But this is where I think that Utah should be able to establish the rushing attack. And when they establish the ground game, just like they did in the first half against Washington, we see how good this offense can be. And I think it's something they're going to be able to do. I like this Utah offensive lineup front. They are not one of the best in college football as the, the Moorhead award was just awarded out and, uh, or the finalists were named and Utah was not one of the finalists selected for that award, which I think is fair because of some of the inconsistencies. And we can talk about specifically those issues on a, another episode of Locked On Utes. But yeah, this is a Utah offensive line that is still one of the, I think, 30 best offensive lines. And they do a very good job run blocking. And I expect them to do a good job against an Arizona defensive line that does not have the most intimidating players up front in terms of a run defense standpoint either. I don't see Oregon or UCLA defensive line caliber play in this team. I see good defensive line play. They're capable of stopping and they will stop Utah's offense at times, but I don't think consistently are at a high enough level that they would like to in this one too. And I already mentioned some of the secondary things, another game where if I'm Utah, I am bringing in extra guys to protect Bryson when he drops back. I like six, seven, even eight man protections. Let the receivers and tight ends work downfield. I, I think there could be opportunities for Devon Vele to do some things. I also think there could be an opportunity for a guy like Landon King to get open and give Bryson time. I think he'll find some open teammates because while the Wildcats secondary has some playmakers back there, I, it's not nowhere near the secondary 
that some of them they faced this year where they talk about a UCLA, how stingy they were, or even the Oregon secondary I thought was better. So I, I do think that the secondary is not great. The strength of the Arizona team overall probably is their linebackers. You know, they got Flo in there too, the former Oregon guy too. Already talked about some of those other elite linebackers and the plays they've made, not just as pass rushers, but in bringing down ball carriers too. So that's where it will be very important for Utah to get up to that second level and take care of those guys. And it's something Utah is very capable of doing, and I expect them to have success doing such is getting that push on those defensive tackles. So yes, even if the linebackers do make some plays then and Utah will contain them sometimes, but they'll also make tackles. So even if they are doing that, that's where Utah will still be able to get that extra five, get that five yards on the ground, second and manageable, a lot more ideal than third and long. So number of favorable matchups, I feel like for Utah, but I want to talk even more about this Utah offense and see what kind of a game I think they're in for against a solid, but not extremely intimidating Arizona defense. We're going to be diving into that a little bit more on Locked On Utes in one moment. But first, I want to take a second to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode on Locked On Utes in our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified cans available. That's why I have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs has tons of great candidates out there ready to get to work for your business today and LinkedIn jobs has easy tools that allow you to find them that you can go over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to the LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have those simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on camps with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Also want to talk to you about another sponsor on Locked On News today, and it's our friends at Athletic Brewing Co. With Athletic Brewing Co., it's time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like, you know, if we're looking back at it last week, it has to be Devon Vele for the game. He had his best of the season so far, and we did a great job shredding the Husky secondary. So Devon Vele would be my Athletic Brewing Company Game Changer of the Week. But Athletic Brewing, they've just completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste really good. Their brews are great tasting, and they're also award-winning and beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beers, including IPAs, Gold, and Sours, and even more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles, and they're truly fit for all times. You can enjoy them while watching the big game, your kid's game, tackling work, or work out there's no hangovers ever and you can find athletic in store online and at bars around the country they're the fastest growing non-alcoholic brewery in the u.s so get on board while you can you can find athletic brewing co's non-alcoholic beers brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order online. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. All righty. Coming back in to talk with this one, although we're going to have Spencer McLaughlin on the show tomorrow. Going to shout out Spencer. Second segment sip. Spencer will be joining me to talk about, uh, just break down this matchup a little bit more. And, you know, a few weeks ago, Spencer, actually, before the season started, I think Spencer called this as an Arizona upset at Utah. And I'm curious to see if he feels the same way, especially considering Arizona looks better 
than when he made that prediction. And Utah, because of the injuries, looks worse than when he made that prediction. So that'll be a fun discussion we're going to have with Spencer McLaughlin, the Lockdown Pac-12, on tomorrow's show. But all righty, talk about this Utah offense versus the Wildcats. I do think Utah could be in for a successful offensive outing. When Utah runs the ball, it usually goes well for them offensively. And I think they have the opportunity to do that. I mentioned these linebackers for the Wildcats. I think they're pretty good. But I think there are real questions. This defensive line is the Utah physical rushing attack, whether it's them battling with Jaquindon Jackson, who, as far as we know, is going to continue to kind of play through the injuries he's dealing with and tough it out out there. Whether it's the speed of Sione Baki, Jalen Glover also running through guys, and you know the interior of Keaton Bills, Mocha Fisi, Satawa Laumea, Coley in its center, and then Fano Ortongai at left tackle. These are all guys who do a pretty good job in the running game. And yes, they'll get beat from time to time in the passing game, but there's not a pass rusher here that scares me. There's no Trice like they saw against Washington. There's no Dolores like they saw against Oregon. So that's where I'm also like, okay, Bryson should have some time to throw. Utah should run the ball. So the play-action game is something that could get going for Utah. And the play-action game worked very well for Colorado against this same defense last week. So that's also where I'm like, okay, Bryson Barnes ain't no Shador Sanders. But if I looked at a couple of the throws, and an emphasis on a couple, because there are a few that Shador made that I'm like, yep, Bryson can't do that, and most quarterbacks in college football can't. But there were a couple of kind of just like simple one-read throws where it's like, oh, first guy's open, boom, hit him in stride there. Bryson can do that. He's done that throughout the season. So that's where it gives me the confidence and optimism that Bryson could be in for a bounce back game. I think this is the kind of game where Bryson once again throws for over 200 yards against Washington. But this week, I think it'll be in a win. I think he's in for a strong road performance like we saw in the first half against Washington, like we saw for the entirety of the game against USC. So I'm expecting Bryson to make a number of plays with his arm in this one end. It's something I'm excited to see because when this Utah passing attack gets going, they're hard to stop, just like they were last week against Washington in that first half. So I am expecting a strong day out of Bryson. I think because Utah will be able to win the line of scrimmage, he, Bryson will be protected, give have and be given the necessary time he needs to be able to make the plays and the throws that have made him effective at times on the season. That's when Bryson's at his best. That's when most backup quarterbacks and most quarterbacks in general are at their best when they're protected. I think Fafita will probably have the more memorable throws and will more than likely outplay Bryson overall, but I think Bryson definitely could outplay him, and I think Bryson is going to have some huge moments and plays in this game, especially because I do think he'll have two or three huge runs for first downs, as he kind of tends to do, or I should say two or three scrambles, because he's going to be fourth and short. They're going to run it with Bryson at times up the middle. We know he's not scared of getting hit and banged around a little bit, so that's where I think that there are going to be a couple of key scrambles throughout this game that we're going to see Bryson get to work on, and I'm excited to see what kind of game he has, because I know he's no doubt frustrated with how the offense looked in the second half against Washington. Watch the press conference. It was clear as day that he was not pleased, and how could you be with the way things turned out in that half? Like This is a good opportunity for Bryson this offense to get back on the winning path too and it's something I think Utah has a very strong chance to do in large part because of the play of their quarterback mentioned Utah winning the line of scrimmage yes that applies in the rushing game as well of course so I do think this Utah ground game is going to have some success and get going I think I don't see 100 yards for Jaquindon Sione or Jalen in particular but I think you know Jalen will be over 30 I think Jaquindon gets over 60 and I think Sione Vaki is somewhere in between 
40 to 60 all-purpose yards because we know he's going to be involved in the passing game too because he is just such an elite athlete and even the screen he scored on last week. Just so few players in college football. And yes, I said college football could score on that type of a play. Just the speed and athleticism needed, the quickness, that breakaway ability, something that Vaki and only a few athletes in this sport possess. So that was something that was just tremendous to watch. And I'm excited to see how Utah and Andy Ludwig kind of continue to design and figure out ways to get their best playmaker I shouldn't say that. Their most explosive playmaker, the ball in space, too. So expecting good things from Vaki. And I do think, as I said, Utah will be able to control the game a little bit on the line of scrimmage running the ball. Expect Jaquinta to break a few tackles, too, and hopefully get into the end zone. As for Utah, pass catchers on the outside. It's another area that I think Utah could be in for some success for. I already mentioned Arizona, just two interceptions on the season. Not that elite of a secondary, although they've done a good job making a few plays. They're, they're sticky. I said not elite for a reason, but I think they're solid. I think that's the best word for them, too. Devon Vele should continue to be involved in this offense. And I actually think Vele will go over 100 yards for another game in this one. Doing what he did against Washington last week, I think Utah is starting to realize, and I shouldn't say realize, they're just starting to remember what a special playmaker Devon Vele is. So it's been great to see him get integrated in the offense again. I think he's going to have 116 yards. I'll go very specific in this one. I think Vele will make a couple of big grabs throughout, have another 20-yard play to keep the Utah offense on the field. And of course, continue to convert a few key third downs. Speaking of key third downs, that's what I see Landon King doing this game too. I think Landon King will have four catches in this game, and I'm going to say they're going to go for 35 yards, but I think a multiple of those will be key third down con completions. Just does a good job finding the soft spots against zone coverage in general as a guy with athleticism can create separation against man too. Big body target. Bryson missed him a little bit last week on a throw or two, and I think this is where we'll see him really make an impact here. Also, I know I talked about it too, but just so great to see Mickey Sugaturaga last week get into the end zone. Just a guy who's worked hard blocking all season long, caught a couple of passes, but nice to see him officially get in the end zone. Every defensive player dreams of scoring a touchdown. Mickey was one of those defensive players, used to be now on offense. He's like, well, I'm working hard blocking, doing all this stuff. It'd be nice to get in the end zone once, and he was able to do that. So very happy for Mickey that he got that opportunity too. As for other receivers in this game, I do think Money Parks will kind of continue to make some grabs too. I'd love to predict Money to have another explosive play, but that just doesn't seem likely at this point. It's been more Vele at the moment. So I think Money, although I will say the, the jet sweep they ran to him last week worked to perfection. So hopefully we do see some more of that in that motion used because Money's speed, the defense does respect it. So I think Money will have under 50 yards receiving in this game, but I think he'll make a big grab or two that uh, could help turn the tide in Utah's favor. So that's how I'm feeling about the Utah offense. Predictions. I did the defense predictions yesterday. Drop them in the comments below. Would love to hear what you guys think. The Utah offense, the type of outing they're in for. How are you feeling about Bryson after the second half last week against Washington? Wasn't great, but the first half was awesome. Love to hear your thoughts on all of that below. And as I said, tomorrow's show, Spencer McLaughlin will join me, and we're going to break down the biggest storylines, the keys to the game, and predict the winner in this contest. But before we do that, I want to talk about how the Utah women's and men's basketball teams at the University of Utah have been faring lately. And before we dive into that, I want to talk to you about another sponsor in today's episode of Locked on Utes and our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We have the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pro sharks, you just pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. 
prize picks, even as a fun thing going on right now with basketball season. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball with the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, do you think LeBron James is and plus Travis Kelsey are going to go for, or LeBron will go for 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions if you combine Kelsey and LeBron's production, Kelsey, good test next this week, taking on the Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, it's not the Chiefs, of course, the Eagles Super Bowl rematch that uh, will be fun. If I was talking about his brother, Jason, then that would apply. But we're focusing on uh, on the Kelsey, whose name is a lot bigger right now for uh, names. I w- names I won't be stating as I know a number of sports fans don't love uh, how much hype has been surrounding that. But don't forget the prize picks even offers a reboot policy so your entries stay in place even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return the second, the player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Right now, you can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. All righty. Coming back in to close this one out, let's talk about some basketball. Unfortunately, I start with a little bit of a downer. The Utah women's basketball team, a top four team in women's basketball in the NCAA, suffered a tough loss to Baylor. Baylor ranked 21, so always hard to win in a top 25 team on the road, and Utah nearly falls 84 to 77. Utah, the shooting just wasn't there from three. Six for 24 from downtown That's 25% overall versus 41% for Baylor. Give the Bears credit. They got hot, and Utah just simply wasn't, too. You know, Jenna Johnson tried to keep them in it early in the first half. And I shouldn't say they were in it the entire way, but Jenna Johnson played well in the first. You know, Alyssa Peely, Gianna Neepkins contributed throughout as well, but just not enough in it for Utah as they did end up following to the Bears. So give Baylor credit for being able to gut out a tough win. This is a Utah team that now moves to 2-1. and They've they're still one of the best teams in women's college basketball. They're going to be fine, whether you're talking about the depth or just the leaders and experience they had from last season too, but give this team credit. I mean, a Baylor as well too. How about Edwards with four blocks? They had seven overall in the game, only 13 turnovers, 18 turn Utah turned it over 18 times in the contest too. So also give this Baylor team credit for battling all game long against just a really tough opponent once again too. So, Tough tests like this build good character, and we know this team has great character from their run last season, but always good to be tested and have that little reminder. So be interesting to see how Utah bounces back after falling to Baylor. Utah men's basketball team sitting at 2-0 and right now, getting ready to take on Wake Forest too very soon here in a tournament they're playing in. But Lawson Lovering's been a great addition, and especially just, you know, against a team like UC Riverside Highlanders, when you have a side like a Lawson Lovering, he's going to eat. He was 7 of 11 from the field, 18 points. Brandon Carlson, Five of eight from the field, 16 points. Same thing, just too big, too strong, too. Cole Bajima continues to be just a great addition for this team shooting. He had three threes in this game, back-to-back games. Now he's made over three threes. What a welcome addition that spacing is, especially when you look back to last year of whenever Gabe was off, like he was in this one, only two for four, so four points. Missed the two threes he got off. It's great to have a guy like Bajima who can get it going from downtown. And just speaking of getting it going, Kaba, once again, 10 points, seven rebounds. Brent, excuse me, Ben Carlson, 11.6 rebounds too. So just good to see lots of guys for Utah setting up. Also, how about Hunter Erickson with six assists off the bench? So 82 to 53, Utah beat UC Riverside, the Highlanders. And this is a Utah men's basketball team under Craig Smith that 
has the potential to be a solid Pac-12 team this season, off to a strong start, taking care of business against teams they should beat. And I'm I'm feeling good based on the early showing so far. Excited for them to play a team like Wake Forest and get a little more of a test, see how they'll fare in that neutral site game in this tournament. But just a good opportunity for Utah to test themselves early in the season. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Utes. We'll continue to follow the men's and women's basketball teams all season long. And, of course, still got two football games to break down, the first of which will be this set. And I should say more than that, Utah's bowl eligible. So, of course, we'll dive into that in the coming weeks once that match gets revealed. But still got Arizona this week, and then we'll be getting you ready for Colorado next week. Regular season final, always so quick how fast the season zooms by us. But as I mentioned tomorrow, me and Spencer McLaughlin of Locked On Pac-12 breaking down all things Utah taking on Arizona. We'll see you then.